0: are listening to Take Note.
1: I am Ted. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Ted. There was a loud thud above my head just as you introduced me. Um, I think everybody's still alive up there.
0: The trap uh, is the trap <laughs> has been tra- triggered that I set for you
1: across <laughs> the country. In is it? The game board where I'm a mouse? What is that? Mouse trap?
0: Did a giant boot fall down and kick you in the rear end? Did that... Did that happen? There it is. I see it, Go according to plan?
1: It it did did go according to plan. I'm doing well, other than the boot and the mousetrap. Good. Well,
0: what have you been writing in? What notebook are you using?
1: I have literally one page left in my field notes, boiled again, notebook. Ah. Um,
0: Which which color, red or blue?
1: I'm using the blue.
0: Oh, we're notebook buddies. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Look at that. What? Has that ever happened? I feel like I feel like we're have always been using something different, but now we're.
1: I al- joined. I always thought we were notebook buddies, buddy.
0: Well, sure. <laughs> oh boy! Notebook twins. <laughs> yeah, we're twinning. Something a little, something a little deeper this week. Yep,
1: that's right. I've uh,
0: been.
1: I I enjoy the heck out of this thing. I do too. I do too. I'm trying to finish it so I can start that new birch notebook, which is very sharp birch very impressive my eight-year-old's planning to use a birch notebook too he is going to write the day of the week at the top of uh the page and then he's going to write any unusual things he sees that day Um, oh i like it it. is he would like the world to know he probably would not like the world to know that it is not a diary it is a notebook of unusual things good yeah
0: well it's Good. Is, was he ticked off that it wasn't made out of wood, the cover
1: of that mm-hmm. book? Or no, he was just very happy. On? It was great. I was like, Gee, do you, did you want to use one of my new notebooks for that? I was very excited <laughs> that I'd give him a new notebook for that. Yeah. Well, has he has he started yet? or? He was going to start today. Um, he did not bring his notebook with him to school, which, you know, rookie mistake. And, um, <laughs> and then he said he didn't really see anything unusual today anyway.
0: Mm, I think you needed I think you need to do a little work on that. I know. Well you know, you we just started today. It's time for the Socratic method.
1: Yeah. No, he's taken a real interest in it, and so I should make sure to smother it. Smother it, <laughs> smother it out of it.
0: Yeah, you're right. You probably didn't see anything interesting <laughs> today, did you? Yeah, there's Good never point. anything
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah. It better be really interesting, or I wouldn't bother writing it down.
0: Well, I was uh I was out at the family ranch this weekend, and we played some wiffle ball. And I wrote some wrote some observations about uh, wiffle ball at the ranch with a couple with a nine year old and a seven year old and a couple old guys chasing them around. Yeah. So this is a it's a real ranch. This is a wiffle ball field set up in an actual bullpen. If you can believe that. Um, let's see wiffle ball in cowboy boots. These are just... I'm rattling off these notes. Okay. Uh, When the wiffle ball rolls deep into a snake hole, there must be a a horde of wiffle balls 18 inches underneath the ground. (laughs) Across the property. Uh, Strong wind in from right field. Good for knuckle balls. A delay when Ewan started flinging cow patties around... (laughs) Our friend, from, our seven-year-old friend from out of town, uh, thought that that was just what you do, until he was informed as to what they actually were that they were throwing. Um, let's see, and finally, as always, mind the barbed wire. That was uh, that's wiffle ball out on the ranch. Nice, out in the country.
1: Believe it or not, I was talking about cow patties today.
0: We're, 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 we're twinning again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I I wonder how far west this has made it. I learned what they call cow patties in California and I wonder if you've heard of this in Texas. I had not heard of yeah. it. Road apples.
0: I've heard that before. You I've thought it before. was a you thought it was a
1: little apple that fell off a tree by the road, didn't you?
0: Well, but what I would what I might think is that horse manure would would be closer to oh, road maybe. apples because the manure is uh it's in round pieces instead of one, uh, one flat cake. I've always enjoyed the phrase uh, cow flop. <laughs> Something about a flop of cow poo makes me laugh because it sort of flops when it <laughs> hits the ground and spreads and creates the patty effect.
1: I used to enjoy the phrase uh, one flat cake, but you just ruined that for me. Yeah. I, no. I, uh, I wrote in my notebook. I was, I was in the coffee shop. And uh, heard a passionate conversation uh, between two women next to me. Um, they they were they were religious folk, and um, one of them was crying a lot. She'd been to Alaska, and she was crying. But I don't think she was crying about being in Alaska. I think maybe they were both in Alaska at some point. But uh, the 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 thing that I heard that I that I loved was. Uh, my dad ran a radio station, and then we did start a church eventually. I like that. In that order. Yep. And then, uh you know, just above that, I'm seeing right now. Um, I wrote, Megatherium. Do you, Do you know what Megatherium is by any chance? No. It's a those giant.
0: Ro- do they call those road apples in California?
1: No. Yeah, that's right, Megatherium. Uh, it's a giant extinct sloth, like a, mm. I think, prehistoric sloth, 10 feet long. Yeah. Megatherium, which a fantastic name for it. I mean, it's it doesn't really do seem have, appropriate, Megatherium. They got one of those in the uh, Field Museum there in Chicago? They probably do, but I didn't know about it till I was at the uh, Creature Conservancy, creature Conservancy in Ypsilanti, Michigan. And if you ever oh. go, uh, if you ever go deep just west of detroit Ipsilanti ann arbor area uh i strongly recommend this uh creature conservatory actually i think it's closer to ann arbor than ipsalanti yeah
0: i like that they went with a creative name like something a little more to the point this is not a field museum this is a we
1: have creatures here oh they do they got live pictures Oh, they got live ones. Well, let me tell you about the Creature Conservatory. So they showed us live sloth. This is not a zoo. It is like a, it's a, it's a, it's a conservancy. Um, and the way that it started was there was a vet and somebody dropped off a alligator when they decided they didn't want an alligator as a pet anymore. And they've, they've collected quite a few uh, animals, just people have dropped off, including, uh, they got like a cougar. You make it
0: sound like they're all just running around in a field together, but... They are not,
1: but more than you'd think. The cougar is, <laughs> is really under lock and key. I asked if the cougar ever got to see the porcupine named Lady Gaga, who is uh, her next-door neighbor, and they said, no, you, there's no eye line. there's no way that the cougar can see there, but every once in a while they bring, a, I don't know, it's not a road apple, I think it's a piece of wood that smells like from the porcupine's area to the cougar's area just to keep her predatory instincts up. And I asked, you know, like, why do you want to keep the predatory instincts huh. up? And they said, because if they lose that, they get, um, like, depressed. And, it's, it's, you hmm. know, as much as you don't want uh, the cougar to maul you, you're also trying to work against all the animals being sure. depressed.
0: Well, the, yeah, the sloth, I mean, they'll, occasionally they'll, uh, they'll bring like a beanie baby out, Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: just to keep, same thing, prey drive, takes four hours, Um, it's very difficult to tell when the sloth's prey drive has kicked in, Right. but um, they bring, it's a beanie baby, uh, Britney Spears beanie baby. It keeps the sloth fired up. Okay. I've been writing uh, poems of the day. Nice. Just to follow up on our previous topic. And I'll tell you what, man. It's a nice way to t- disengage a little bit. It's a I, I think I could go so far as to say it's a form of meditation.
1: I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same that's, thing. That's because we're twins.
0: We're twinning. <laughs> oh. we're, we're locked in. You're much more agreeable uh, than we usually are. Well, you're always <laughs>
1: agreeable. I'm very agreeable.
0: It's a, it's a way to kind of put your brain onto something for a discrete amount of time that is, I think, you know, you could argue that taking it off of whatever you're learning about in the world at this point in time is probably quite stressful. And uh, place a little bit of creative stress on your brain that can be engaging. Uh, and that involves watching the world come and go which I think you know that's my the comparison to meditation that's what I always liked about meditation is you're not not thinking you're just working hard on how thoughts are working in your brain and I think you could probably say the same about poetry in any form good bad indifferent rhyming not rhyming random words whatever um so it's been a great, I mean, it's been, I, I have fun, uh, I'm in the middle of my day, and for some reason I go to write down something in my notebook or whatever, something utilitarian, and then I remember, oh yeah, poem of the day, and I get
1: excited about mm-hmm.
0: it. So thanks for the idea. You're, you're,
1: you're welcome. I, you, well, I, I was starting to think that in a way it's kind of like a, like a fidget toy. Um, yeah. like I like to fidget with, for me, it's, it's when I can, like I said last week, when I can like capture whatever's in my head, the moment I wake up, that's when I like to that, like, if I lose that, it just doesn't happen. And so in the last week, I think I've only written one since, uh, uh since, uh, we've talked about it, but, but when I can grab it and I like to fidget with it, but then the more I thought about it and the more, the way that you described it, um, it's like not a it's not a fidget because you're not doing mind it mindlessly necessarily it's it's like a little stress ball it yeah. but you're like really focused on what you're doing which is uh yeah. i don't know have you <laughs> have you talked to any uh normies about your uh poem of the day yet <laughs> oh god no yeah Just yeah, yeah. I, and, I did yeah, that a little so bit no. once and uh and uh, that it did not, it made it very stressful. Well, I, I just, no. I realized what I sounded like. You know, I like was outside of myself for a moment. And <laughs> I, I was watching myself talk about trying to write a poem every morning. Um, yeah.
0: Very happy yes, to
1: think, do it. And not think I, about I it that
0: think much. It's a, no, very engaging. It, it, what's, it's amazing how it can take over your whole mind. You cannot write a poem of any kind and do anything else at the same time. That's what I like. Yeah, and you cannot. Uh, the first rule of poem of the day is you do not talk about poem of the day. There's no, <laughs> no question about that. Except with with you and and today, I looped in number one fan of the show Ryan Sly because <laughs> I know he's always open to a little creativity. With no, he was open game, to it, but he was no thrown purpose. off
1: because he didn't know. Oh, what I'm the, sure how we were talking about because he hadn't heard the episode yet. Which, wait a second, number one fan of the show didn't hear the episode yet. Huh. I think he caught up. I think he caught yeah. up. I was thinking that uh, it, remi- it reminded me earlier, I think this summer, that I, I read this uh, interview with Dave Eggers. And uh, I think think we talked about it on the show, definitely put it in the newsletter where he talked about just like getting closer to your subconscious when you're writing. I mean I, I know that somebody said that and I think it was that Dave Eckers interview with I'm gonna say with Isaac Fitzgerald. And uh and I was determined at that time at first through the Dream Journal to just like tap into that part of me a little bit more. Yeah. And uh you know, that's what this is. But uh, but I found my way here for me that's what this is, but I found my way here without, you know, you know, taking that path on purpose. I just uh I found myself you know, wanting to deal with whatever's in my head the second that I wake up, whatever's left over from that time. I think that's totally fascinating.
0: Um, for me, it it's, it's, I'm trying to push myself to tap into my subconscious, but it's, a, you know, through this very conscious process, which is a matter of, I think, not limiting what you're going to, what I'm responding to with my little poem there, like, You know, you hear about about a lot the voice inside that's like, no, that's stupid. Why would you write a poem about that? But to disengage and just see where it goes and doing it with no intention of sharing it just makes that more, just makes that all the more possible. And, but I think you're onto something. It's how can I get a little bit under the surface here in a short, you know, like finite period of time and there. I think, and, and I think back of, to Tweedy's book, How to Write a Song, when I think about this. The capacity to surprise yourself always exists. It's always there. You can always surprise yourself with a little turn of phrase that you yourself have just written and you just think it's great. And that that's like, uh, that's that's awesome. Like, that's, what more could you ask for but to surprise yourself with a turn of phrase
1: yeah i mean i agree that's
0: really fun for me
1: i think you're spot on that kind of reminds me uh turning to a different topic that uh i i just read the new dan clow's book maybe dan close it's called monica it makes graphic novels Did ghost world my favorite of his was david boring this new one's called monica i had I had no expectations because um I just like forgot to think about what I expected from it. I like him. <laughs> it's been a little while i think um I think maybe I missed one or two of his books, and this book surprised the heck out of me because it's bonkers, it's totally <laughs> bonkers, but it's fantastic, and it's uh, deeply weird. And it is like deeply, it's about weird subjects. Like it's about, I could say like a conspiracy. Um, But then it's also deeply weird in just surprising ways. Like you, you, it doesn't really make sense. You don't know where are we now? What does this have to do with the existing story? And uh, it just gets weirder and weirder. And then, and I'll say this, this is, this was in a review of the book that I read after I read the book but it's true. Um, Junot Diaz wrote a review of Monica, and he says, like, what happens at the end is the weirdest thing of all, and that that's really saying something for this book. And he's (laughs) exactly right. And I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't know... Ted, I don't know how much you like really weird stuff. I don't know how much our listeners really like really weird stuff. But for a graphic novel, it is not a big time commitment to just let yourself get weird. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... You know, I I I'm gonna read it again before I return it to the library. I think that's uh, I think that's like necess- necessary for this book. I don't want to say it's super confusing. There's some confusion. I think it all comes together, and when it all comes together, you're like, oh, oh, oh wait a second, let me go well, back. In and a graphic
0: check that out. in a graphic novel, is this is it visually weird? Is it psychedelic? Is it something like that, or is it a storyline that's sort of Maltese Falcon-esque where there's so many twists and turns and you know you just end up not
1: knowing where you even started yes to both of those but also i would i think i could say that there are like stories that are inserted into the into the book on paper that's a different color oh, um, cool. like on a yellowed paper i think they're supposed to look like older comics maybe that's not exact that's not what they are in there but you're just you don't know what it means but there's like a cool visual signifier that you're in a different kind of, oh, not realm, but you're just in a different story entirely. Um, well, it, so it's I'm weird an, in every I, way. I am a
0: different person than I was when you forced me to watch David Lynch's Blue Velvet in a little uh, cubby in a, a Northwestern University library. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I am more open to weird than I than I have been in the past, so... And, you know, I think a graphic novel, you move at your own speed. So, you know, whatever weirdness is tempered by, eh, take a break. Yeah. Unlike unlike Blue Velvet, which was like being in Relentless. some horrible prison. Thank yeah. you for that. Appreciate cubby, that. yeah.
1: Well, I wanted you to see it the way it was meant to be seen in a cubby in the university <laughs> library. But that is, man, that's how we used to watch. I wonder if that even exists anymore.
0: Yeah, where, like,
1: I don't know. yeah. I don't what think was, so. I just I've been to a university library, and I'm going to say no. Uh,
0: Took my daughter there. She said it was creepy. One day she'll appreciate it because it's got just so many books. So many books there. Uh, I was uh, watching Last of the Summer Wine. Have
1: I told you about this show before? I mean, a decade ago at least.
0: Okay, but it it rings some weird familiar bell in your head. yeah. So I found it on PBS maybe 15 years ago. It's a British uh, sitcom. I'm gonna I'm gonna push the boundaries of that phrase. Uh, it's a comedy, but you know, a sort of like I. It's the kind of thing I bet an older generation thinks is really fabulous. It's three old guys wandering around the Devonshire countryside or something, just cracking jokes and pinching ladies on the bottom and. Uh, you know, having tea. But it's like one of my favorite things of all time. Uh, And I never had any control over it. It was always like on PBS or something, and I never knew it. I think I found the odd episode on YouTube every now and again, but uh, it's on BritBox, which uh, I was at someone's house and they had BritBox. So I watched the very first episode of Last of the Summer Wine, which was kind of a trip to see how it even started this this like long running, you know, stayed beloved thing, and uh, my favorite character is Clegg, played by. Uh, I'm gonna forget his name, but he's the he's the guy who uh, does the voice of Gromit, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, okay. The, uh, the man.
1: Yeah. Peter uh, something. And is Clegg? But he is Clegg shaped like a like a old blue police cabinet, pretty much. Okay.
0: Pretty much. Uh, They're they're older gentlemen, although, you know, they're probably like, oh, these old men, and they're like 62. I'm sure it's that kind of thing. But um, Cleggie's the kind of dreamy, you know, sort of wisecracking one of the trio who doesn't let things get to him too much. And uh, he's sitting there in in the earliest days of this very long running show where they haven't really got their footing yet. Uh, and this character Clegg is sitting on a bench in his little newsboy cap and trousers and with his umbrella and he takes out a notebook and he starts scratching something down in the notebook and uh you know one of his uh, his friends says what you writing and he says just catching a passing thought and that's it and he folds it up and he puts it away and they they, they carry on with the show thought that was the most I was like, this is why I love this show. They take a moment in a 23-minute episode for one of the characters to write something down that we never figure out what it says. It's a, just catching a passing thought. That's perfect, man.
1: Let's do this again.
0: Sounds good. Check us out on the internet at takenote.space. Uh, you will find there images... That we snap of things that we've been reading. You can, so you can read text in JPEG form.
1: The way it was the meant best, to be read.
0: The, <laughs> <laughs> the best bits have been shakily underlined by, by one of us. Uh, so that's the kind of amazing content you'll find at TakeNote.space. Uh, you can also find links to our Patreon if you'd care to support
1: the show, which we really appreciate. And we're gonna—we haven't started working on it yet, but we're committed. Before the end of the year, we're gonna send a a zine, commonplace book sort of thing, like we did last year. And so, uh, if you are subscribing, even at a one-dollar level, um, we—you will get a zine from us at the end of the year. We were really quite proud of how it turned out last year. Um, And uh, if you haven't been subscribing you want to only bounce up to like two bucks a month, that'll probably help actually cover the cost of printing and shipping it. So, uh, you know, if you're not a subscriber at any level, you'll get the zine. And uh, if you're a new subscriber, maybe you just do us a favor. If you do two bucks a month, it'll it'll actually cover the cost of the zine. Uh, You can also
0: sign up for our newsletter over there, which is on Substack. And uh, send us an email at... Take Note Central at gmail.com When I named it, I was thinking of like someone with a switchboard in front of them, uh, you know, plugging it, in, pulling pull it, uh, unplugging and plugging in uh, signals. Yeah, take somebody got Somebody's
1: got to plug my signal in. I think. But which I mean, me. We we'll get on that. I'm not good at replying emails. We will get on that, and in the meantime,
0: take care.